a bonus episode of King of the Monsters. Welcome to King of the Monsters, the only podcast guaranteed to feed your Frankenstein. I'm Executioner Joe. And I'm Spooky Lukey. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the two movies, Monster Dog and Prince of Darkness. Oh yeah. This is kind of our Alice Cooper bonus episode extravaganza because both of these films, some, you know, to varying degrees can uh, feature Alice Cooper in them. Yeah. yeah. And to kind of give you guys a little bit of context about Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper is a performer slash singer that both Joe and I love, uh, like a lot. Um, Oh yeah, definitely. uh, So much so that I've seen him. Oh man. I've seen him probably more than any other performer. I've probably seen him like eight times, I think. Oh wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to count them all. Um, but, uh, um, so I've, I've mentioned in the past, I, I don't want to get too personal on, on any of these episodes, especially like, uh, as far as like my, like religious views and stuff like that go, like I, this is not the platform that I want to be doing that, but I will say that like, if it were not for Alice Cooper and not for reading his book that I don't think I'd be a Christian today, okay. which, which is something that you don't hear a whole lot, but in, in all honesty, and like, and I had kind of the tendencies to kind of go towards like drugs and alcohol and just not making good decisions. And so I, I always say that if it were not for Alice Cooper, for one thing, I, I would not be a Christian and I'd probably be either in jail or dead. So that's how strongly I feel about Alice Cooper. And that's why I love him so See, much. I always think that's kind of interesting how you say that and stuff because like my mom has worked with like old people yeah. and there's like a specific <laughs> old lady who like when she brought up that we were going to me and you were going to go see Alice Cooper. She's like, he's a Satanist. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, cause I'm, I'm very involved with the, the church that I'm part of and I get grief from people all the time because I, I'll wear like horror movie t-shirts or Alice Cooper t-shirts. And I have heard that from so many different people and every time I'm like, if it were not for Alice Cooper, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then, it, like, we both got the chance to meet him. Yeah, which is thanks to Joe. I don't know <laughs> if Joe was going was gonna to mention that, but Joe was gracious enough to get not only himself VIPs to meet him, but he also got me one, too, which is one of the... Uh, I don't, I, I, I've thanked Joe plenty of times for this, Yeah. but like, I, I'm a very emotional guy and I can still remember when he gave me the ticket, just like tearing up and be like, <laughs> I cannot believe that you did this just because it's, it's been one of my life goals for years. And, and this was years ago, but I'm still very thankful to you for that, yep. by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he's always going to wave it above my head. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, Lucas do a podcast with me. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm not really into podcast. He's like, remember when I got you those <laughs> Alice Cooper tickets? <laughs> Gosh dang it. But anyway, and yeah, yeah, actually one of the, I guess 
I feel like everybody has kind of moments in their lives that kind of like are defining moments. And one of the defining moments for me was getting to tell Alice Cooper my story mm-hmm. about, and Joe was there. He, he yeah. saw it. I'm pretty sure I probably teared up. My voice kind of cracked a couple times when I did it, but just like the fact that, cause not everybody gets to meet their heroes. And certainly there's other like musicians and bands I love, but none of them are quite as personal to me as Alice Cooper. So yeah, there's see there's the that. funny thing about that also is when you were telling the story, it, your story kind of got a little long. So like the guy that like was bringing oh. you up, he was like, uh, "Can you go get your friend?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I was kind of trying to like go up slowly and stuff to give you more time. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can still remember the guy like, uh, cause cause he kept like saying stuff to like Alice too, like okay, yeah, like because like Alice was like. Yeah. intently listening and stuff yeah but like so like the guy like said said something to him and like i just remember alice lifting up his hand and raising his hand towards him not even looking at him just like raising his hand at him like yeah let the let, let him finish yeah and yeah so that was just one of the okay so there's when the, when i got married the day i got married the day <laughs> my daughter was born and right up there <laughs> was the moment i gotta meet alice cooper so anyways that's where we come from more more so me i guess joe is a big fan as well yeah like i kind of got started like getting into his stuff because of like he's done music and stuff for like movies yeah also so like he did he's back the man behind the mask and stuff so i started out listening to that stuff and then talked to lukey of course and then like he got me into more of his stuff and then when the tickets became available i was like that'd be really cool to go to his concert and I had some money saved up, and I was like, it'd be even cooler to meet him, and... That we went, did. Yep. That we did. So anyways, as we mentioned before, we've got two movies here to talk about. Monster Dog and Prince of Darkness. And before we get too far into them, I, I did want to just give you guys this contrast because some of you are probably sitting here thinking, wait a minute, Prince of darkness. Cause this is, this is hidden horrors where we usually talk about obscure horror movies, you know, uh, ones that were either lower budget, uh, not very well known. And some people are probably like, well, this is a John Carpenter film, but a very lesser known. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is one of the ones you don't really hear too many people talk about. And frankly, we needed another Alice Cooper horror movie to go along with Monster Dog. Yeah, so. he's not in it as much, but when he is in it, he's it's quality. Oh yeah, definitely. Ab- absolutely. So anyways, and this is going to be kind of I feel like I know where both of us stand on these two movies. You know, when we did the Mutilator in Chopping Mall episode, uh, we kind of said which one we prefer. Yeah. I, I think we both kind of know where we lean towards. Yeah, I think so. On 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 this, unless you changed your mind after last night when we watched them together, but uh, but uh, anyways, this is gonna be kind of a little bit of a battle of the bad movie versus <laughs> the quote unquote good movie. Okay. So what yeah. what I what I mean by that is the director of Monster Dog. If if you watch the film, it, it says the director is Clyde Anderson. So have you ever heard of Clyde Anderson, Joe? I've never heard of Clyde Anderson. That's because he isn't real. Oh, my. C- Clyde Anderson is a pseudoname that Claudio, I'm going to butcher this name, Claudio <laughs> Fragasso came up with. So if any of you want to know who Claudio Fragasso is, 
He is actually the guy who directed Troll 2. The best worst movie out there. Yes, the best worst movie as it's been called. It's one of those films like I've mentioned Plan 9 from Outer Space, you know, a, a movie that objectively is terrible but very enjoyable. Oh, yes. And um, so that's that's who's directing this, uh, Monster Dog. And then on the other side, there's Prince of Darkness, directed by John Carpenter, one of the masters of horror, uh, directing films like Halloween. I don't know why I'm Halloween, Christine, uh, The Thing, a lot of ones with Ian oh, yeah. <laughs> in the title. But um, it, it had to be said, he, he is just a master of horror. But we'll see if that reputation is enough Ooh. When, when we when we get to that. <laughs> and whether or not technical brilliance of a film equals entertaining entertainment value. Yeah. As as we kind of talk about these two films. So, uh Joe, I'll kinda of let you go go ahead and do some of the semantics for Monster Dog and we'll so, Monster Dog, the uh, date that I have, it came out is in 1984. Okay. Uh, Before you go on. Okay. There's, I actually here, have some facts about here, that, too. Oh, you do? Okay. I, I think if... Go, go, go ahead and I'll let, you, I'll let you do yours. Okay, because it's an hour, 24-minute long movie, but uh, the film's earliest release on home video in the U.S. was June 15th, 1986. My birthday. Well, not the year but <laughs> the day <laughs> and then the theatrical release in spain being 1988 so like it came out in some like different areas but uh in spain it grossed a 2019 equivalent of 128,737 euros oh i thought you were gonna say 128 dollars <laughs> <laughs> um with okay. an audience of 53,438 all right not too bad but uh, okay, so what I had read from my different research is that uh, okay, so that 1984. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what because this this is weird. Okay, Alice Cooper is an American man. Yes, he is. Uh, and this film is directed by an Italian filmmaker. Yes, it was filmed in Spain, Spanish <laughs> actors, but originally this film was only going to be released in the philippines really so there's all sorts of weird stuff well with that. and it being from a different country and stuff this whole film was dubbed yeah so none of the actors who, not a single one yeah by the way yeah so, like their voices are different yeah so alice cooper on this film is not voiced by alice cooper minus the two songs Yes, two original songs. Two original songs that were made for this film. You do not actually hear Alice's voice. The most recognizable <laughs> part about him. But um, anyways, so kind of jumping back into what I was saying about the release date. According to, I, I guess, so I think it was in, somewhere in Europe claims that they got a screening copy back in 1984. Okay. And, and they claim that there was some kind of like, mild release there but i guess claudio uh whatever his name is claudio i'll just call him claudio <laughs> um when when he denies that it ever went there he's like no the the release was june 15th 1986 okay and, and so there's some discrepancy there as to 
whether or not it actually came out in 84 originally yeah or like in, in a very limited quantity mm-hmm. or if it came out in 86 so that's so, that's really yeah. interesting but I, I i pulled out just because uh you know well i like to do the class of type thing where we talk about different horror films okay i, I went with 86 okay what well, Sim- came out in 86 okay so chopping mall Oh yeah. It, so if if uh, you listened to our last hidden horrors episode, you're <laughs> a little familiar with that one. Yeah. Another one. This one surprised me. Troll. The first. The one. original Troll. Yeah. So he did Troll Two after Monster. Dog? Yeah, he did Troll Two after Monster Dog. Oh, okay. Which I did not realize. Yeah, I don't know why I thought he did Troll Two first, but yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah. So first Troll, the Fly. Uh, not quite as good as Troll or Chopping <laughs> Mall, but you know, the, the Fly, one of my favorite films. Yeah. Uh, all joking aside, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives, and I'm sure quite a few other ones. I, Since it came out the same year as Chopping Mall, I'm sure I mentioned more on the Chopping Mall one. I yeah. kind of just wrote down a couple of them. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Joe, uh, do you got anything to talk about as far as this So, is? so uh, since we kind of brought up the music, what did you think of the two original songs? Okay, so being a huge Alice Cooper fan, I, I really enjoyed them, mm-hmm. especially the first time watching this. This was not either one of our first times watching this. We, we watched this a couple years ago when we were preparing to go meet Alice Cooper. Yeah, which she actually signed yep. it. Like, he signed the cover, like the inside cover sheet, but then he also signed the, the disc. disc. Yeah, so, so I need to get, use that. Yeah, I need to get another <laughs> copy now. Yeah, but, um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, so much so that I lamented the fact that it had not been released on any albums or anything like that. And then I read okay. a little bit into yeah. it because on the life and crimes of Alice Cooper, which was a uh, anthology that had uh, different, it, it's, it's almost like a, a career spanning greatest hits thing where they'd pick two or three songs from each album, sometimes more than that and put it in like this box set. And there were some rarities in that, including uh, these two songs, but then also Joe, I don't know if you read this, okay. But there's actually a seven-inch single on vinyl that they have of of these two songs that they released in like 2016, I think. To do you want to guess how many they made of these? I know it wasn't very many. One hundred. Wow. Is 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 we'll see. I, I think that's what Wikipedia said, so it could be yeah. wrong. It was similar, I think, on IMDb. Oh, was it? It okay. was like a limited number, like 100, 150, something like that. You guys, we do our research here. We oh, yeah. read Wikipedia, <laughs> IMDb. All the high-class <laughs> knowledge. The reliable. Only the most reliable for you. Hey, it got listener. me through school. That, well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, uh, anyways... Yeah, uh, so if any of you own any of those 100, any of our four listeners... Uh, we will give you an address to send to us. Yeah, well, to, what do you mean to us? To me. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that, that would have been kind of a cool item to have him sign, actually. Oh, yeah. But uh, anyways... Definitely collector. So so what about you as far as the, the music goes? What, what are your thoughts on it? See, I really liked him, too. Like, you brought this up, too, that they're, like, different from his usual work. Yeah. But they're really interesting. Yeah, that's uh, 
identity crisis is the first song that plays and it also plays at the end of the film yeah um I, like that if if there's anybody that's a big Alice Cooper fan that has somehow never seen this movie or heard those songs it kind of reminds me of something off of the lace and whiskey album but still it's like pretty different from most of the stuff that he's he's done in his career so it's 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 good both both songs are great yeah um which speaking of them i don't know if you heard this joe but i guess that claudio guy clyde anderson had (laughs) asked alice he's like oh yeah provide you know two songs for this and so alice like quickly like this was two weeks before they began oh wow filming the and, and so I was like, okay, he's scrambling. And he recorded two demos. Oh, okay. So not even finished tracks. And Claudio was like, ah, great, great, great. And like, those, <laughs> are, those are actually the demos that you hear. Dang. Yeah, it's not actually the finished product. So That's interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, and I felt like I had something I was going to say about the songs. But, oh, oh yeah, th- this isn't so much about the, the songs. But another thing that I learned about Monster Dog uh, upon doing research is supposedly there are 20 about 20 extra minutes worth of scenes that mm, were cut really not by claudio uh but by like some i guess there was like a team of like four editors yeah for this film and according to claudio those were his favorite scenes in the films really yeah which who knows because if you i don't know how much you research you've done about troll 2 outside of uh actually watching the film but like just some of the stuff i've heard about him while working on that film like he seems pretty eccentric yeah and i know that he like refuses to admit that that's not a good movie like from <laughs> a technical standpoint he's like he's like no it's a masterwork what are you talking about which as a director he has some great shots in this film. oh he does absolutely which uh we like the first time we watched it was on blu-ray and like then the second time since my copy got signed on the disc, we ended up streaming it. Which, what uh, streaming service? Tubi uh, or Tubby? One of those two. I, I really don't. hope it's. T- <laughs> I hope it's Tubby. I hope it's Tubby. T U B I. Like, if you have no other place to watch it, you can watch it there for free. With commercials. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the quality wasn't as good. No, it was terrible. Which I think we, like the aspect ratio, I think they pulled it from like the VHS. Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't know if you noticed this, but the cover that they use on Tubi or Tubby, prefer Tubby. <laughs> Tubby. <laughs> on Tubby, the, the cover that they have for it is the DVD cover. And I guess the, that the DVD release was like an unofficial. Yeah, like a bootleg. Yeah, it was like a bootleg that they ripped off of a VHS tape. And so I wonder if that's what they used or if that's what they were streaming. Yeah. Was the bootleg VHS rip <laughs> for, for it. Yeah. So. Like, I guess that bootleg release, like it was like so wide release. People thought it was legit. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I would have too, but, but yeah. So if, if you have no other way of watching it, it's on Tubi, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's not the best quality uh i definitely i i would recommend if okay so this i'm gonna refrain from saying too much as far as recommendations go because i'm gonna want to talk about that at the end you know of this episode okay but i if you are interested in this i would say get the blu-ray it's so much more clear and you you do get to see some genuinely good shots oh yeah definitely especially at the end uh there's 
some very atmospheric scenes. And this being, I, I guess you could call it an Italian film. It's kind of like yeah. a hybrid of, but um, yeah, so it's an Italian film, essentially. And being in an Italian horror film, there's some really different things from what American audiences may be used to. Yeah. But I feel like that works in its favor because it's so weird and so out there. See, I think it's one of the few, like, I haven't watched a lot of Italian horror films yet. I've yet to get really deep into, like, Dario Agenta and stuff. Yeah, same. So, like, it's kind of like this might be my, like, introduction as far as I know. So it's definitely, like, different but interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So let's uh, let's go ahead and just kind of rapid fire talk about some of the, the things. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, kind of going back to talking about Claudio Fregasso, um, I don't know if you heard this, Joe, but his nickname on set was El Director Loco. <laughs> really? And the reason why is because I guess there was a scene where a, like, a group of dogs was chasing somebody. <laughs> and, uh, and as they were chasing him, the director of photography had to change out the film really quickly. Okay. And, and, and he's yelling like for them to stop <laughs> because he's like, yeah, I need to change out this film. And I guess... Uh, Claudio got so upset that he grabbed one of the guns that they had and started firing <laughs> at the ceiling and like oh, gosh scaring the crap out of all of the crew that was working <laughs> on it and I guess like since the crew was uh, from Spain uh, the, yeah they, they started they, they kind of gave him the nickname El Director Loco in <laughs> other words the crazy director okay and I guess Claudio actually thought that was pretty amusing that they called him that <laughs> but yeah so like how because we haven't really talked about like what this film is directly about or anything how would you describe this film to somebody like it what's it about Oof, it's about an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> no um <laughs> Oh, man, I never thought I'd have to explain what Monster Dog was about. Okay, so it's about these dogs and a monster. <laughs> yes, uh, a musician is coming back to, like, his hometown to shoot a music video. They think it will give him, like, inspiration. Yep. Um, and as he's coming back, you find out uh, – I don't want to spoil too much, but that there's all these dogs that are running rampant around his hometown, seemingly, like, killing people. And there's a legend that I think it was his father. Yeah. Was there's a legend that his father was a werewolf, and uh, and some something kind of interesting about this film is werewolves control dogs. Yeah. On this film, I, I thought that was an interesting concept. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has ever used that, but I think like an updated film like that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, without you know giving too much away as far as spoilers go, it's they go back to his hometown. There's some people that are kind of suspicious of him being a werewolf, whether he is or not. You'll you'll have to watch to find out. Yeah. He also reads a book that I can't remember <laughs> what it was called, but it said something about like werewolves, a scientific reality. And he <laughs> opens up the book, and it's just a picture of Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolf Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was a documentary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there there's that. Um, uh, an- another interesting thing that I I learned about it, um, so in the U.S. it's called Monster Dog, right? Yeah. I guess in Italy it had a way cooler name. I I didn't write down the 
Italian name for it, but it was called The Lord of the Dogs. Really? Yeah, and that's I think that's a great title. And I guess there's a documentary that was made about it called Lord of the Dogs that we need to get a hold of. Yeah, we're going to sure. find it one yeah, way or another. Yeah, we, we, we need to watch that because Joe and I are huge fans of this film. Uh, uh, a little yes. bit of a spoiler alert. We This is not our first time watching it, and <laughs> it's I, – I don't – necessarily believe in guilty pleasures i just believe in like pleasures and this for me at least and i know for you is a pleasure to watch oh yes so uh um anyway so lord of the dogs is what it was called as i mentioned before uh it was originally only going to be released in the philippines and so alice cooper at this point in time in his career when it was being filmed which i think was 84 uh was just trying to get sober and before this, he, he had lived, like, pretty much all of his adult life, an alcoholic, and towards the end of the 70s, and in, into the early 80s, was, like, a cocaine addict. And his music was getting kind of, uh, wasn't selling as well, I'll put it that way, to be <laughs> nice to Alice. Uh, was not It was not selling very well, and his record label dropped him, and he was kind of in a dark place, and that's kind of where he, you know, became sober, which... Yeah. Was, uh, and, uh, this, this film was essentially him, I guess, trying to figure out if he could, you know, uh, essentially work like or him trying to find like work to keep himself from, uh, giving into those different like temptations. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah uh, and I, I guess he had specifically decided to sign onto this film uh, because he thought that it was only going to be released in the Philippines. <laughs> uh, and he had said somewhere, uh, yeah, um, that he was like specifically looking for something that was like, kind of like just low budget and uh, in his words, sleazy. <laughs> and he was saying that it would just be one of those movies you can rent at the video place. And they said, that's what it would be. So I did it and I got lots of money for it. This is Alice speaking, of course. I think it was the I think I was the biggest part of the budget. And well deserved. <laughs> oh yeah. So what what did Okay, so you can't really get too much as far as the actors go because the the voices were all dubbed over. Yeah, so it kind of looks kind of bad. Yeah. But it doesn't personally bother me that much. No. Um no, I well, I was going to ask what you thought of the performances. Outside um, of Alice, because, well, I, I guess, yeah, let's go ahead and include Alice's performance. Okay. In. Well, like, Alice Cooper, like, I want him to do more movies, and I wish he would have when he was, like, younger, because yeah, he was definitely, here. like, a leading man. Oh, yeah, he he's great on this movie. He He's simultaneously a horror movie survivor and also a, uh, like, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a Kurt Russell, Clint Eastwood type <laughs> character. Like yeah. there, there's a scene where he's taken out a couple of people. And without going into spoilers, there is an amazing head explosion. Yes, I have that written down as like one of the best. Like, because there's a weird, it's kind of weird, but interesting, like gun battle <laughs> scenes. Yeah. And yeah, one of the guys, his head gets pretty much exploded. Yeah, and, and it's glorious. Yes. But, uh, Anyways, like just like watching it the whole time, I was thinking, man, he he could have carried you know a lot of movies back then because he he definitely carries this one. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, another the the leading lady on it, kind of his love interest, uh, Victoria Vera was her name. So I I don't usually 
going to this, but she, I, I, she's beautiful. I will just say <laughs> that. And, and she, she's, I don't know if you want to call her a final girl. Cause well, you, I guess you could, she yeah. kind of technically is, but, uh, I think that she does great as that. I think she mainly did like Spanish soap operas because <laughs> I, I tried to find out like if she was in any other films. And, oh, okay. Uh, I don't speak Spanish, but because didn't you say that or we were when we were looking up that like most of the other actors were like Italian, so like they were speaking Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, like the other actors are speaking Italian, and Alice Cooper. He only speaks English, as yeah. far as I know. So he's speaking English, and then they just dub over everything. Okay, yeah, and, and that's a fairly common practice in... Well, I don't know if it still is, but was a fairly common practice in Italian films back in the day, or just foreign films in general. I And, and some of the Godzilla movies, uh, and I don't know how many Joe's seen, but there's, there's some of them where there's like American actors in there and yeah. stuff like that going alongside Japanese actors. And so with these international releases, a lot of times, and, and this one had uh, Alice speaking English uh, and then a mix of people speaking Italian and Spanish. So uh, anyway, so there's three different languages and it's just like, okay, yeah, just read the line in your language and we'll just dub over it later. See, I think that for like the actors and stuff, that had to be at least... Confusing. Di- yeah, like difficult. Yeah. And... Uh, but yeah, I I feel like they did a good job. I think some of the dubbing kind of goes over the top, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I mean, I mean it's it's fun, fun movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about Monster oh, Dog? Uh, we... And another just interesting fact because there's a lot of dogs used in this film, and so I guess uh, they got uh, they found these guide dogs and obtained them from a school of the blind. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. When they're so obedient. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mentioned to Joe, because there's a couple scenes where you see, like, these dogs attack people and stuff like that. I was just telling them, I was like, man, all they needed was a rolled-up newspaper. They could have <laughs> fought through the hordes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so anyways, uh, and then one last thing for me, at least, that I kind of forgot to mention before. So it's assumed that this is a low-budget film. Uh, I, but when I was looking, I could not find a budget anywhere. Yeah. I could, the only numbers I could find was like from the Spain box office on how much it made. Yeah. Yeah. So this could have been like a huge, <laughs> uh, huge budget thing, but I, I wouldn't think so from looking at it. And, uh, yeah, we have no way of knowing. So yeah. yeah. Is that... I'm guessing it's probably got like one of those like budgets, like most horror films have somewhere in the hundreds of thousands yeah probably and the most they spent on was probably alice yeah i i think so too but <laughs> he was worth it all right he oh was yeah worth, worth every penny yeah so we got to see how alice did with uh one of the most panned directors of all time now do you want to talk about how he did with one of the most acclaimed directors of all time oh yes so this is moving over to the movie prince of darkness directed by of course john carpenter that's right and it came out in 1987 and it's 102 minutes long yep um so uh, where do you want to start with this movie well i think i'll go ahead and kind of mention some of the other films in the class okay 87 yeah just and and so this one if we are to go with the 1986 release date from monster dog this one 
would have come out the next year. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been filmed a year before, probably, uh, just because it looks like there was a couple years in between when Monster Dog was filmed and completed. Yeah. Before it was released, uh, officially at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so class of '87. First of all, Jaws: The Revenge, <laughs> everybody's right. favorite mo- movie <laughs> about a giant shark. So, anyways, Jaws: The Revenge, Hellraiser. Ooh. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, okay. The Dream Warriors. Solid movie. Yep, absolutely. There's a lot of good ones in this year. Evil Dead 2, Ooh. Creep Show 2, Okay. and The Lost Boys. Those so, really good films come out that year. Yeah, yeah, there they're absolutely were. There's no shortage in great horror films to came, that came out in the year of 1987. So uh, there's an estimated budget around $3 million dollars. Is what I have. Do you, do you have the box office for this one by chance? I do not. I I don't either. I, I didn't write it down for whatever yeah. reason. It's, it's no big deal. But uh, anyways, so some of you may be thinking $3 million is kind of small for a master of horror. And it kind of was, actually. Uh, so John Carpenter, after he had filmed Christine, I guess kind of took a small, short hiatus from making horror films. And he directed, uh, you know, like Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Starman, which I, have you ever seen Starman? No, I've heard people like talk about it and say it's better than kind of what people thought about it at the time. Yeah. So th- this is just a really weird aside. But as a young kid and my 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 grandma loves this movie. That's interesting. She loves this movie so much and i had i i watched it countless times when i was a kid i don't know if this was if that was my first john carpenter film or escape from new york because i saw both of those when i was a kid okay but uh, anyways and i never knew back then that john carpenter had well i mean i didn't know who john carpenter was anyways but like i never would have guessed back then that he would have directed that film. see that'd be an interesting film to start off with for his because then you like go into his other movies like okay yeah oh i like star man (laughs) i guess the thing is about aliens too (laughs) and there you go so i was able to search on my phone for a uh the box office okay how much did you say three million is the okay so uh the box office was fourteen point eighteen million. There you go. So, um, anyways, but so going back to that whole thing of this being kind of his first horror film in a couple of years, I don't know why, but I, I feel like I feel like uh, it might have been because some of his more ambitious films, like Big Trouble in Little China, just were not nearly as successful as they we're hoping that they would yeah, be. Yeah, they became cult classics, yeah. but at the time, just didn't pull in the money. Yeah, and so with with Prince of Darkness, for whatever reason, for John Carpenter's return to horror, he decided to make it be an independent film, which is kind of interesting. So $3 million is, again, that's a lot of money, especially for us. Oh, yeah. Somebody gave him a small loan of $3 million. <laughs> Anyways, but... Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he he did what he could with it, I so guess. So I'm going to ask you this question again. I asked about the first movie. How would you describe this movie to people? Oh, gosh. This one's... I don't even know how I would personally... How would you? Um. Okay. Oops, sorry. So Prince of Darkness is a film that John Carpenter made. 
about priests, hobos, <laughs> and green jello. There uh, we go. That sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> You're not technically wrong at any of those. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I, okay, I'll just say that for somebody, and keep in mind, you guys, this is actually both, yesterday was our first time watching this film. Um, and so we haven't been able to evaluate it as much as some other people have, because I, I guess this film does have a pretty decently strong cult following from what I've been able to gather. Like it had, and we'll probably like bring some of these up, but like interesting concepts where I, it did. I can see why people could still be discussing yeah, this. Yeah. And it was a good, almost like thought piece about the relationship between Science and religion. Yep, I have that actually written down. The mixture of religion and science. Yeah, and it, um, th- this film is kind of lumped. I, I don't know if John Carpenter ever brought this up, but I know that a lot of fans kind of lump this film along with The Thing and In the Mouth of Madness with as being uh, a, a trilogy and that they call like the Apocalypse Trilogy. Okay. So like... They kind of talk about how they have similar themes. Uh, are kind of all three of them are kind of Lovecraftian. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, so this this film is, is kind of and it does in some ways remind me of the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen In the Mouth of Madness. I think we're kind of we've been talking about eventually getting to watching that one. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it kind of does remind me of the thing simply because on the thing you know they're isolated in. Um, what is it, Antarctica? Yeah. Okay, so they're they're isolated out there in Antarctica. On this film, they're somewhat isolated in like this old church because there's like a bunch of homeless people around it, preventing yeah. them from leaving. Which Alice Cooper, being like the head homeless yeah. guy, head honcho of the homeless. <laughs> uh, and Alice Cooper, there. I do feel like there's some strong things about this film. Yes. Um, Alice Cooper. So here's here's the thing about it, you guys. We went into this movie thinking this is gonna be like Monster Dog Part Two, <laughs> Alice Cooper the whole way through. On on the cover of the DVD that we have, it shows Alice Cooper. You put the DVD in there. The menu comes up. Another picture of Alice Cooper. You look at the back of the the case. <laughs> Alice Cooper. Yeah. All signs pointed to this being an Alice Cooper film. Directed by John Carpenter. And, like, I think that could have made it a better film. <laughs> I don't know, because this is a good film. Like, I, I liked yeah. it. I, I did like it. It's one of those movies, like, where when Joe and I watched it, we we were kind of a little bit confused, I feel like, is would be a good word. Yeah. But, like, as soon as it was over, I remember telling Joe, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to watch it again. Like yeah. not, it was kind of late when we had watched it yesterday, but I, I was like, you know, I, I could watch that again. And I feel like if, if I were to, I'd be able to kind of grasp what was going on a little bit better. And I don't know about Joe's experience with this, but I know the first time I watched this thing, it was kind of a similar experience where I watched it. And I know a lot of horror fans are like, ah, oh, it's such a classic. But the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't know if I like that or not. And it okay. took, it took like, a couple of times rewatching it to, cause I love it now. It's, it's yeah. one of my favorites. I'd say that it's the most John Carpentery of John <laughs> Carpenter's films. But, uh, the first time I, I just didn't 
appreciate it as much as I, I do now. And so I kind of wonder if Prince of Darkness will be that for me again. Like if I were to watch it again, uh, if I'd appreciate it more. Okay. So, um, so Alice Cooper and combined, he's in maybe like five minutes, has like five minutes of screen time. Which I think in that time though, he was able to get off one of the best kills in the movie. Yeah. One of, if not the best kill in the movie, yeah. I'd say for sure. Um, do you want to talk? Do you want to tell him about that? Yeah. So, uh, he uses a bicycle, like, uh, it's like the back half of like the, like the wheels and the steering handlebars, I should say, are, are like off of it. And yeah. So it's so like, there's like a pole kind of thing that's sticking out that yeah. he's able to stab the guy with. And I guess it was implemented like a trick in his stage show prior yep. to this movie. Yeah. So I guess like John Carpenter had like seen him live and, and like saw Alice like impale somebody on stage with this thing and he goes, Oh, Hey, can I use that in the, in my movie? And I guess Alice was like, yeah, as long as it's like, I can do it on there. Yeah. <laughs> because it was his, uh, I guess it was his personal prop too, that they used. They didn't like make another one. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So it, that, that was pretty cool on it. Um, and right beforehand, cause okay. So this guy is leaving the, the church. This isn't too big of a spoiler, but he sees something. He's like, what is that? So he kind of starts walking towards it and it's like a crucified pigeon. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty, like I thought was pretty good for setting the mood. It was pretty eerie. Oh yeah. Kind of like looking at like what in the heck? And so he starts backing up and he notices that there's like homeless people, like, a, like just a horde of them behind him. And the only other way he can go is forward. And Alice Cooper is there with his bicycle and then, uh, yeah, kills him. Yeah, in a, a really good scene, and then you don't see Alice Cooper in it after that. Yeah, but th- there's like numerous times before that where you see him kind of walking with the homeless people, and there's some really cool shots of him standing with all these like homeless people. Yeah, too that that are that's really good. So, anyways, as we mentioned before, we were expecting a bunch of Alice Cooper. I'd heard that he had uh, written a song for it, which called Prince of Darkness. Yep. Which is a, a good song. I, I knew it going in. But uh, it's like the guy is listening to it on his headphones. Yeah. And so you don't really hear it too well. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's technically in there, but you don't really It would have been nice well. if they actually played it. Like, it started off on the headphones and then moved to where you could actually hear it. Yeah, well, because – and it's not even that, like, you're hearing it as he hears it on the headphones. He, like, puts it down yeah. on, on his neck. And so it's supposed to just be, like, noise coming out of it. Uh, but speaking of the music, I, I did like John Carpenter's score for it, but which I just about always like. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at scores. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it really helped set the atmosphere. There's some, uh, of course, a lot of uh, analog synthesizers, and then I don't know if it was just like a setting on the synthesizer or if they actually got a choir, but they had like a couple scenes where like a choir would do weird like Gregorian chant type things. Yeah. Uh, so like other than Alice Cooper, there's another actor that you really oh, like you, in one this of film. my favorites. Yeah. I'll let you introduce him. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Donald Pleasance. Yep. Which AKA and well, if you know him, Dr. Loomis, but in this Reverend Lew- yep. Loomis. Yep. Father Loomis yep. is, is, uh, who is on this film. And, so Alice wasn't, you know, on it a whole lot. It kind of just disappointed me a little bit. 
but Donald Pleasance was. And for me, I was like, okay, that's that's great. Like, yeah. I, I love Donald Pleasance. I think his performance really helped the film. Yeah, I'd say that he probably had the best performance in the entire movie. But, I mean, like, even in the Halloween films, I and, like, I granted, I love Halloween, Halloween 2, but... You know, everybody's always talking about Jamie Lee Curtis in those, and she does great. She does, oh, yeah. she does ama- like legendary performances. But Donald Pleasance on those movies, for me, oh man, it, it can't be beaten. Mm-hmm. And so, seeing him on another John Carpenter film was just a delight for me. So. <laughs> and uh, so, one one thing that I've I haven't talked too much about this, but one thing that has always kind of bugged me in horror films and i don't feel like this is only christianity but i feel like religion a lot of times is kind of looked at in like a really negative light and Mm -hmm. being a pretty religious person like that's always kind of bugged me a little bit and i but i really like because donald pleasance again is like a priest on this and i feel like they did a really good job making him a likable character somebody that wasn't like like his whole gimmick is that he's like kind of like that he's kind of preachy because he's like oh yeah there's like this ancient evil that you know of like that's the devil essentially you know all this yeah. kind of stuff and kind of trying to relate that to the these scientists but i feel like it was done in a way that didn't make him look stupid or the scientist stupid like that yeah. whole re- that whole marriage of religion and science was done very well on this film. yeah now that i kind of like think about that and too i think this film probably is one of the better films that like finds that balance yeah i i agree because and like on on most of them like like either like the religious people are like like huge prudes and then just like yeah. either like die right away or something like that <laughs> or they're like the killer like so they're like extreme uh you know zealots or whatever yeah. that are like killing people and th- this one, like, of course, there's like The Exorcist and stuff like that 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 does uh, a really good job of showing, even because you know, like the priest on there is like struggling with his faith. Yeah. And like, I, I've I've always really liked that because it's just like, oh wow, like this is this feels like a real person because real people, I don't care what you believe in. There, there's times where you think, is this really what I believe? And you're kind of trying to reconcile that with the rest of the world and stuff mm-hmm. so I, I feel like this film did it in a very thoughtful way that was not patronizing to either side yeah but also wasn't looking down on either side if yeah. that makes sense and yeah so, i think so and again like as a religious person like i really uh appreciated that um so another thing that i kind of have written down here is the effects for this film so I'd kind of mention this to Joe, but uh, I'll be, be off off air. But a lot of the effects on this film, since it was a fairly lower budget, they're like, oh man, we have to essentially like we don't have the time, money, or resources to do the special effects separately. So all the special effects they had to do like had to just have them ready in the frame and they'd like kind of like pan over to them. And they're using practical effects, right? All practical. Yeah. yeah all practical. Which so there's some really good ones. There, There is. Yeah. And if, if you're like creeped out by bugs or worms and stuff like that, there's a lot of yeah. great, great scenes. I, I mean like creep show. If anybody <laughs> has seen creep show, you kind of know what scene I'm talking about. Like level bug, you know, 
I don't know if effects is the right word because most of them are real, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that kind of impressed me because, uh, there's like this big jar that's supposed to be, I don't know. Okay. You guys, I don't, I'll be completely honest. I'll, besides like the basic themes, like there's a lot of stuff that kind of went over my head after only watching this once yeah. right before going to bed, like where it's just like, what's going on here? But, essentially like the devil's like i don't know if it's just like his essence or what it is that's in that green yeah what well, we kind of described it as like a lava lamp yeah yeah which i guess is kind of what the effect was but w- upon watching it it's like okay this looks like some kind of like really early cgi or something but i guess it was real like it, it was a real practical effect which looked interesting yeah yeah so there's that what uh, did you, what did you think of like because, like, this kind of essentially, like, infects them, like, through kind of like a liquid. Yeah. And then, like, sh- then they shoot it out. Yeah. This, this is, like, a precursor to 28 Days Later, is what yeah. I was telling Joe. Because they, like, vomit in their face, and then they become like um, them. Yeah. Like, what would you call that? Like, possessed or? Yeah. I'd say possessed is the right word. Uh, but they're kind of, like, zombie-like. Kind of. Uh, Especially in the tra- in the really old sense of being like the voodoo zombies, yeah, where they just like follow a command is kind of what it reminded me of, uh, which Joe and I had talked or had when we were watching it, we were kind of confused because there's this this guy on it that he turned like he gets vomited on and he keeps like laughing and like making these strange faces. Yeah, and he was singing at one point. Yeah, he, too. he was singing "Amazing Grace," and I guess I. I what a lot of people speculate the reason behind that behind him like acting so weird and like being somewhat in control is because like supposedly he had like some faith going into it and so like while the devil was like controlling all the rest of them he was kind of like retaining some kind of control okay and and he like tries to kill himself yeah and that that's like as a way to of him being like no like i know that the devil's trying to control me. And so like, if it means that like, if I kill myself, it prevents me from killing other people. I'll do it. So he tries to kill himself and then they kind of like <laughs> stitch him up Yeah, <laughs> and then he keeps, keeps going. But I, w- upon first watching, I was really confused about that. But then after hearing some other uh, people comment on it, I was like, Oh, okay. I, that makes sense to me at least. Yeah. And another thing is uh, there's a scene where, there's a, a woman who's possessed and she keeps typing at a computer and it's like, it's like, keeps saying like, you won't be saved. You won't be saved or something like that. Yeah. And then it's like, has all these different weird statements. And one of them is, um, your God plutonium won't save you or no, you won't be saved by your God plutonium. Yeah. Which I guess there's actually like a couple different ways of that people have kind of, uh, argued uh how they interpret it i guess okay there's multiple different ways so one of them is like they're like oh your god plutonium won't save you as in like oh it's talking about like a plutonium bomb is what some people were saying other people were saying oh plutonium was like the the roman god of something (laughs) oh uh if they're going like pluto yeah it'd be one of the roman gods but um but anyways and so like they're there's all these different ways of interpreting it. And this whole film is kind of like that where there's different ways to interpret 
different stuff in it, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, especially going from Monster Dog, which is a very straightforward, simple horror film, yeah. to this one that is pretty complex. I, I might say a little bit uh, bloated and pretentious in some ways. Oh, okay. But uh, it, there is definitely differences between them. And I feel like both of them are worth. Well, one thing I wanted to kind of bring up, um, because one of the things in the film is like anytime someone like falls asleep, they're like getting like this message. Yeah. Like it's like a video message. Like they're almost like watching TV when they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, I don't know what you'd call like post-apocalyptic kind of setting. Yeah. And, um, And I read on IMDb, the film takes place in 1987 and 1999. And, like, I guess the transmission kind of sounds like it's from the future. Yeah, yep. And uh, a f- one of a friend watched this film with us, and uh, he brought up, like, the Y2K. Yeah. So I'm kind of wondering, because if it was 1999, it's leading right into the year 2000, if, mm-hmm. if anything was, like, he, they were thinking about that yeah. or not. It, it very well could be, but, yeah, I, I don't know. But that, that, fi- that like, little short thing because you see it quite a few times because every all the characters have it in their dreams where they see it and it's pretty it's pretty creepy i think yeah like i thought it was really interesting yeah it was very effective um uh and this is a little bit off topic but i guess when they put it on tv you know for for broadcasting you know sometimes they would uh broadcasters would either edit certain scenes like to tone down the gore and stuff but sometimes they'd also add stuff okay i guess there's an added thing where towards the beginning of the movie do you remember he uh there's a main character with a mustache i don't know his (laughs) name but he's got a mustache yeah and he's playing solitaire yeah uh and he's watching tv and i want to say it's talking about like it might even be talking about pluto oh really yeah because it's like super like supernova oh yeah i remember but uh but anyways so he kind of checks that out for a couple minutes and then he goes to sleep and when he goes to sleep on the tv version there's like these ripple effects oh and at the very end he has like this weird nightmare of this girl like like of the uh this girl who kind of a little bit of a spoiler sacrifices her life yeah Um, Uh, kind of a love interest also yeah but anyways so like and, and he wakes up. That's how the movie ends is him like waking up from this dream. And so the TV version like heavily implies that the whole thing was a dream, okay. which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if that was John Carpenter's original intention and maybe it was supposed to be open-ended like yeah. to, to where it could be. But uh, anyways, that's, that's how the TV version kind of played it off as. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because like how the movie ends without that, it is just kind of like a little open ended. Because like uh, one of the things is like uh, there's like a mirrors and like yeah. it kind of like a portal. We see like what we can kind of assume is like the like devil hell, or almost. yeah, like the devil's hand coming out at a certain part. And yeah, They're trying like, to pull it through. And then kind of this getting into spoilers but uh at the end um he goes up to a mirror and he's right about to touch it and then it ends yeah which i, I thought was pretty cool because like yeah. you're like trying to see if he can i guess like the the thought process from a lot of people's interpretations again is that he was wondering if he could go in there and save her oh, okay is what, what it was supposed to be um but yeah it, it, i felt like that was a really effective way to end the movie yeah um uh, so, kind of speaking of the movie, 
Is there anything that you felt like, uh, like any scenes in particular that you really liked? I, I know we mentioned the video or the the dream. Yeah, the, like the dream I was thought really was really cool because like uh, post-apocalyptic, it keeps showing a figure and then like near the end, it's the, that figure ends up being the woman. I don't know. Oh, at the very end. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I don't think it, it was. It was a different figure. Uh, yeah. Because it, the first figure looks more ominous. It, it, and... It's actually the first one I, I read was actually that guy that we mentioned before that kind of like slit his own throat. Oh, okay. The, the, like the, um, I don't think it was supposed to be him in the, like, you know, the, the film, yeah. but like the actor, it was the same guy. Okay. Kind of reminds me of like, almost like Nosferatu or yeah. something. Just like a kind of scary pale figure. And that um, changes at the end. Yeah. Where it's the girl instead that sacrifices her life. Uh, <clears throat> I, so what, what about like anything else? Like, cause well, uh, I, Thought the makeup for uh, what we're calling her a Freddy Krueger's wife. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a girl on it that like towards the end because she's supposed to be like the one that like the devil specifically is like controlling. Yeah, like she gets like a weird symbol on her arm and kind of looks like she's yeah pregnant for a little while yeah. there. And that that symbol, I don't know how much you know your classic rock bands, Joe, but that symbol, I guess, is. I didn't notice it when we were watching. It looked kind of like a cross. But yeah. It's actually the symbol for the Blue Oyster Cult. Really? Like their logo. Yeah, that's what they used for it. Project placement. Yeah. But uh, I, there, there's a scene where... What the heck was his name? It was... I, I, he's, an, he's an Asian guy, but they, he has like a very white name. Walter was his name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, he's like hiding in like a, a closet type thing. And... He's pretty much there as like this girl is like it almost looks like he, she's giving birth, and then she kind of just like becomes like fully possessed, goes all out Freddy Krueger, <laughs> like her skin does, and then she's like has like uh, ESP like telekinesis yeah, powers and can stuff move like that. stuff around. And he's like trapped in this closet, and his friends are on the other end trying to get a hole to where he can get out of the closet yeah, which why i don't know why he didn't start working in that hole earlier yeah but. yeah but any, anyways i thought that that was like when when they're trying to get to him was a genuinely tense scene yeah and there there are quite a few like really good just tense scenes mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i don't i don't know how to feel about it i'm gonna have to watch well, it again and it, another thing though because there's kind of a lot of characters and stuff but it seems like for a while there it just seems so slow yeah like you're wanting something to happen and people are just like going around and stuff i don't know i kind of got bored for a little bit yeah i i was too i know that towards the end there uh i started getting really tired and started kind of like nodding off but okay isn't too bad so if you had to sit down with someone and watch a film and uh they handed you both of these copies which one are you sitting down to watch well it it really depends and i i it all depends for me on how big of an alice cooper fan they are okay which doesn't come up a lot in different films but with these two films it does because if they're like a big alice cooper fan and really just want to see alice cooper sure I'd, I'd, I'd choose monster dog if they were looking for a film that was simple entertaining that you didn't really have to think too much about again Mo- monster dog but if it's a fan of john carpenter 
or a fan of Donald Pleasance, I'd I'd say uh, Prince of Darkness. Oh, okay. That's not necessarily my my preference. Yeah. But but I that's what I would recommend to somebody else. What what about you? Um. Yeah. Pretty much the same. Um. Alex Cooper. More. He's more in Monster Dog. So and then or if you're interested, like you've seen Troll Two and want yeah. to see something else from that director, why not Monster Dog? Yeah. Yeah. That it's definitely it's one of those films where. I'm like, why is there not like a huge cult following for this film? I think that there is like a, a cult following, but yeah. I, it's not as big as I feel like it should be. We're going to help it grow. Yeah. And and Troll 2 is a very enjoyable film, but this one I'd say is, I mean, it's not a competent film, but it's more competent than Troll 2, yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah. So there. That I guess that would be my personal uh, recommendation as far as for people okay which which film though if it was just you by yourself <laughs> watching which one do you think you'd you'd rather watch um i definitely want to revisit prince of darkness at some point and maybe like read some other like theories on it yeah because it definitely caught my interest yeah so i kind of want to know more about it yeah i i'm kind of the same way if i was just looking to be entertained though yeah. I, I'd go for Monster Dog. I think I would, time. too. Uh, even, and I know that I kind of gave some stipulations, like, oh, if you're just a fan of Alice Cooper, but I, I'd say, like, if you're even just a fan of uh, <laughs> crappy movies, like <laughs> I am, uh, or or like Joe is, yeah, I, I'd say it's definitely worth checking out. Again, it deserves a dedicated <laughs> cult following. Everybody just... Take out your wallets right now. Go on to Amazon and buy Monster Dog for like, I think it's like 15 bucks on Blu-ray. Yeah, I was like, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. And you don't have to watch it on Tubby. <laughs> All pixelated looking yeah. like you're watching it on a Nintendo 64. If you don't got the 15 bucks, just watch it on Tubby, I guess. Yeah. T-U-B-I. Yep. Um, and no, they are not sponsoring us. No, they are not. And if they were, they'd be very upset with me <laughs> pronouncing it tubby this whole time. <laughs> I really hope it is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do, do we got anything else? Yeah. Um, if you've seen Monster Dog or Prince of Darkness, we'd love to hear your thoughts on either Absolutely. one. Uh, which one would you recommend the people and how do you like them? Yeah. And even if you if you haven't watched either of these yet, uh, I'd I'd encourage you to watch both of them and then tell us yeah how how you thought about them and then send us a bill for the thirty dollars <laughs> you spent trying to acquire these two different films because uh, yeah if you try renting Monster Dog six dollars yeah six dollars just to rent it and I don't know if it's that crappy VHS you know <laughs> bootleg DVD scan or not so. yeah you're the better off choice is just get the Blu-ray yeah well and. Because I was telling Joe I was having a hard time find, finding it on Amazon to, to rent. Yeah. And it's because I went to the the uh, page that was selling the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. and, and it didn't have – because usually it'll have the options, you know, to get it on Blu-ray or to rent it through Prime and all that stuff. Yeah. And it didn't have it. So I'm like, well, it probably was that really bad rip of it. Yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. I should have said welcome to my nightmare at the beginning of the episode, but it's too late now. So. <laughs> So uh, I'm kind of upset, and there's going to be no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
Yeah, Joe, you got anything else? No. See you guys later. Yep. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.